There was one night, one night on our trip through northern Spain, on the pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela, one night when it rained. There was also only one night over the 14-day trip when we could find no place to sleep. Unfortunately, they happened on the same night. And my fellow trip leader, friend, priest, and Pollyanna extraordinaire, Austin Rios, cheerfully remarked, you know, if we keep walking, we could really explore this whole town while not getting hypothermia. Wouldn't that be great? And only my deep commitment to nonviolence stayed my fist. <laughs> so walk, we did. Through deserted streets, we walked, balancing on ancient cobblestones. We peered at the lit windows and imagined the bliss of those inside. I imagine they were sadly unaware that just outside their door, two men of the cloth were being transformed into men of the sponge. (laughs) And Austin paused one time under a streetlight and watched each raindrop illuminated briefly on its final plunge. That's so beautiful, he said. I assume my expression in return must have been so filled with contempt self-pity, and rage that ye just kept walking. (laughs) So for hours we walked, pausing at times under temporary shelters, a doorway in an alley, an overhang of a metal roof, the outer enclosure of an ATM, until woken up by a discouraging police officer. And then I noticed in the east that the steel gray clouds were lightening by subtle shades, And that morning, hope was the color gray. And looking down the street, we noticed a light inside a cafe that gave a fluorescent shudder and then roared to life, flooding the darkness with its blue, anemic light. I turned to Austin, and his expression was as if Jesus had come back (laughs) and invited us to tea. So we rushed to the door, opened it, and marveled at the first blast of heat. And then we made our way to the bar with the eagerness of four-year-olds at Christmas. I ordered first, through chattering teeth, un café, por favor. And the bartender, a ruddy rumble of a man with a luxurious mustache and the flat brown eyes of the soulless, simply looked up from where he was cleaning and with perfect clarity said, no, no. Was ever word uttered by humanity more cruel? Simply no. Then he continued his work, all the while scowling where the drip-fed puddles were forming around our feet. No? We looked at each other. And I shook my head, and Austin simply nodded. 
In the gospel today, we hear the parable of the persistent widow, which for all disciples is a lesson in faith for God's mercy. Jesus asks his believers if an unjust person will grant a reprieve for a widow for her persistence, then how much more will God grant the faithful who persist? The implication is that God will grant a lot. So all things not always being equal, this in fact is the most passive, aggressive, and perfect gospel text for the Sunday when we ask everyone to turn in their pledge cards. I mean, I don't want to say it outright about the connection between faith and the promise of divine favor, but that's what the gospel says. And who knows, if you're faithful, mercy, divine blessing, and Todd may even send you a tote bag. <laughs> Yet when reflecting on this gospel that was going to be read this day over the past weeks, I realized slowly that why I'm a Christian and why I try and be faithful is not based on some future reward. It's about what I've already been given by being a part of this church. It's a blessing of being a member of a larger movement that operates out of love rather than fear. In contemplating this, I began to realize that often in this parable, I actually function more like the unjust judge. At times, I hoard my blessings while the world around me has so much depravity. And it seems to me, like the widow, God keeps coming at me again and again, persistently pestering me with the knowledge of what's the right thing to do. So for me today, it's not as much about the future as it is about all the ways the community itself has been faithful already and has already been blessed. We've been blessed by the incredible ways that lay ministers have supported people in their times of need. We have all witnessed the transformation of simple notes on a page into vehicles of sung transcendence. We have watched our children and youth open themselves to the wonders of spirituality, learning that their souls are at home in the universe. We've come to meetings here and found the space set up and the coffee freshly brewed. All the time here at All Souls, lights are on for AA groups, and the cots are cozy in the parish hall for room at the inn. Nonprofit directors say quiet words of praise when the money from outreach will allow them to reach the most vulnerable in our community. And all of this, all this happens because of the commitment of our community, a community that values relationship over consumer products, and that respects the needs for division amidst mutuality, a community that persists in making sure every Sunday of every month of every year until all the light in the world fades into a quiet darkness, until that point we will gather and line up to share a meal that has been feeding people from before time. Because we are part of a story, a story crafted in the mind of God, written in bones, blood, 
and bodies. So anyway, Austin and I looked at each other, (laughs) him nodding, me shaking my head, and we stood there, impotent and uncaffeinated in that cafe, (laughs) contemplating that bartender's unequivocal answer. I must admit, I experienced a rage-fueled indignation that made my entire body quiver. And I again turned to look at my fellow priest, expecting to see his own face, equally contorted with a vengeful heartbreak. Instead, he was simply smiling, pleasantly, like all was right in the world, like he was watching a unicorn that shot rainbow flames from his nostrils (laughs) that could turn bean sprouts into bacon. That pleasant! And so with a little fuss, he calmly took a seat at the bar and continued his warm expression toward the bartender. My disbelief at this softened my own face into something like a glower. And I sat next to him. And looking at the bartender like a dog under a high chair, watching his every move. Time passed as he efficiently waited on other customers, giving out coffee cakes, giving out waffles, all being served with coffee mere feet from our sodden bodies. And Austin just continued to smile. And what made me the maddest, so mad, was the knowledge that he had the right attitude all along. Because finally, at some point, the bartender stopped and wrapped his towel around the back of his neck. And then he examined us with the tenderness of a person expecting the bottom of his shoe. And then he sighed, one of those big, long-type sighs that indicates that he was breaking his own personal rule. And slowly, he turned and filled a cup of coffee and slid it quietly across the counter to Austin. (laughs) What's wrong with your friend, he said in Spanish. Austin answered, we are pilgrims on the way who were stuck with no place to stay last night in the rain. May he please also have some coffee. And in my heart, Austin was instantly forgiven for everything. (laughs) So the bartender grunted and filled a cup of coffee for me. And then he said, you know, you should try being more polite. And then he began to laugh with such warmth that all of a sudden Austin and I were also laughing, albeit fueled by lack of sleep. But I realized later that it was a simple moment when the tiniest kindness made all the difference. We learned, talking to him, that we were included in the tour of the group that planned ahead and paid advanced that breakfast cooked for them at 4.30 in the morning. In fact, we were the unwanted moths drawn to breakfast by the light. Yet it didn't matter, because coffee was served, bread was broken, and we shared a tiny Eucharistic moment that reminds the faithful that, in fact, we are all one. So, friends... I don't need to tell you 
the problems in the world are overwhelming. Because we all witness the storms that fall heavily on the unprepared, the vulnerable, and the weak. And I, too, know the exact dimensions of my individual ineffective feelings. But also know that's why we need each other. Because it's true, we are a relatively small community trying to live out of our faith the best we can. And it's true, we're going to fail. We're going to stumble, and we're going to trip. But it's also true that together we will never fall alone. So today is a declaration that we are actually part of a larger movement that will persist until we see the Christ in every stranger's eyes. Because the kingdom of God is built one tiny act of kindness at a time. And this kindness could be something we all never witness, but it's something we all make possible by being a part of this singular, wonderful, beautiful community of riffraff saints and holy sinners. It's a community we call All Souls. And there's always coffee on the porch.